Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to Round the Cauldron. I'm Megan, here to shed light on Wicca from a modern perspective. This podcast is produced every Monday, sometimes educational, sometimes philosophical, and always honest. Remember to follow the show on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Round the Cauldron, on Twitter at Round the Cauldron without the D, and at my website, roundthecauldron.com. You can also help support this show by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron. There, you can pledge as little as a dollar a month to get patron-only perks. Don't forget to check out my shop as well at roundthecauldron.com shop to see the tarot readings and crochet items that I offer. So head on over to Patreon at patreon.com roundthecauldron and join me for as little as a dollar a month. If you can't pledge anything or you don't want to, that's 100% okay. I would also just appreciate if you shared the show with your friends, family, and whoever else you think would listen. That helps me out too. Are you ready to hop into today's topic? Grab some coffee, pull up a seat, and join me around the cauldron. So today, um, with a Sabbath coming up, I wanted to talk about the autumn equinox, or as some people call it, Mabon, or Mabon, or the other million different pronunciations out there. Um, so I've already done um, a video on this before. Uh, so for podcast listeners, this is going to be the first episode that you're going to hear about Mabon. Um, for those watching on YouTube, you can check out the older video, but my older videos are really crappy quality. So you can instead watch this one. Uh, I guess. Um, I'm going to be leaving the other video up, so if you want to look at it, you can. If not, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, so, for the sake of consistency, um, instead of saying Mabon throughout this episode, um, I am going to call it the Autumn Equinox. And there's a couple reasons for that, but I will tell you about those in a minute. So the autumn equinox is um, an astronomical event. You, there are two equinoxes and two solstices in a calendar year. Um, the equinox is a point in time where the hours for daylight and the hours for nighttime um, are equal or almost equal in length. Um, it marks a transition during seasons, phases of your life, and the depending on your tradition, um, phases of the deities that you may worship. So the autumn equinox in the northern hemisphere happens between September 20th to September 23rd. Now it's not celebrated for all of those days. Um, a range is given because it is an astronomical event. The date will vary um, year to year. And the date for the equinoxes and the solstices are going to differ 
from the northern hemisphere to the southern hemisphere because we're we're opposite um, with the way that Earth sits on its axis versus its rotation um, versus its rotation around the sun. It, we're, we're kind of tilted, so we're not going to be equal. We're not going to have summer and winter during the same time. So again, for the northern hemisphere, the autumn equinox happens September 20th to 23rd. And then in the southern hemisphere, it happens between March 19th to the 22nd. Now, you'll notice, um, if you've been practicing for a while, if you've been following the Sabbaths for a while, um, when we celebrate the autumn equinox, the southern hemisphere is celebrating the spring equinox. So our Sabbaths literally are opposite of each other. Like I said, because here in the northern hemisphere, when we have summer in the southern hemisphere, they are in winter. So traditionally, or historically, um, this celebration didn't really have a specific name. Um, it was more so celebrated as a transition between the seasons, a time to know when to harvest, when to sow your seeds, when to, you know, pack up and hibernate for the winter. It was just like any of the other celebrations that happened in ancient times. So historically, the autumn equinox was celebrated as a second harvest festival, um, the first one being Lunasad. And like I said, the ancient Celts didn't have a name for this celebration. However, we know that it was celebrated or at least acknowledged in some way because of the monuments and temples and things that are built um, in those times that really mark the changing of the seasons that go along with the solstices and the, the equinox. Um, one of the main examples of the monuments, it, it doesn't line up with the equinox, but it is Stonehenge. It lines up with the summer and winter solstice. So like I said before, the ancient Celts didn't have a name for this celebration. Um, the name Mabon was actually given to the autumn equinox by, I think it's attributed to someone named Aidan Kelly from the 70s. And if I'm not mistaken, what they did was they knew that every other Sabbath had a name except for the Autumn Equinox. So they went through Celtic um, myths and legends and found one about Mabon. And uh, Mabon is a, I think, I think Mabon is a deity. So I just looked it up because I forgot. Um, but he was known as Mabon Ap Modron. I think I'm saying that right. Um, but they were a prominent figure in Welsh mythology and Mabon Ap Modron means the son of Modron or the son of the mother. And, um, you know, not much is known about Welsh deities, I believe. I don't know. I'm all over the place with this. <laughs> um, but that's, that's essentially what Aidan Kelly did is they went around and they 
looked for a myth that would hold true for the celebration of the autumn equinox. I haven't read the myth of Mavonat Modron, so I can't attest to that fact. Um, and I'm perfectly okay with just calling it the autumn equinox. There's, there are some people out there who absolutely refuse to call it Mavon. I don't, I don't know why, maybe because it's not historically accurate. Um, a lot of those people that I'm, that I find that with are, are Wiccan. Um, no, that's wrong. <laughs> a lot of the people that I find that with are not Wiccan, but are people who still follow the wheel of the year and the changing of the seasons. Um, that might have something to do with it, I guess. Who knows? Um, apparently it's some sort of controversy somewhere. Um, but I mean, if it fits, then it fits. Every other Sabbath has a name. You got Samhain, Yule, Ostara, Imolk, Litha, you know, every other one has a name except for the autumn equinox. And if Mabon fits, then Mabon fits. Just let it be. So if we're going along with Wicca, in a sense, um, if we're going along with the faith of Wicca, the autumn equinox is the time of the descent of the goddess into the underworld. And with her, she takes the bounty of nature. You know, at the autumn equinox, it's really the turning of the tide and the changing of the seasons. From here on out, it's going to start to get colder. And once it starts to get colder, you know, there's less sunshine, less rain, so less growth, or less growth and harvesting of vegetables and any sort of crop. Um, this sort of myth and story uh, isn't only found within Wicca, the story of the goddess descending into the underworld and taking with her the bounty of nature. Uh, if we look back at Greek mythology, it's very clear in the story of uh, Persephone and Demeter. So if you're not familiar with the story, Demeter is the goddess of the grain, essentially, within Greek mythology. And Persephone is a goddess of springtime. Um, she's also known by the name Kor. And depending on where you read her myth, it that's gonna be her name is gonna de her name is gonna be dependent on where she's at in her myth. So in the story of Demeter and Persephone, when Persephone is abducted and taken to Hades. Demeter essentially just says, nope, I'm done, bring me back to my daughter, or I'm essentially going to make the land infertile and all of the humans are going to die, right? Um, so Persephone's in Hades, Demeter's running around trying to find her daughter, and they come to an agreement. Persephone ends up eating pomegranate seeds, uh, it is debated whether or not she eats them willingly. Not the, not the episode for that debate. Um, but since she eats of the pomegranate seeds, she eats the food of the underworld of Hades, she cannot leave the underworld forever. So they come to sort of an agreement 
where six months out of the year she will be with Hades, six months out of the year she will be with her mother Demeter. So you can see the correlation in Greek mythology with the autumn equinox and the, the mythos surrounding Wicca in the fact that at this point in time this would be when Persephone starts to make her descent into the underworld to Hades and Demeter just sort of, this is Demeter's mourning time. So the land becomes less fertile, the days become colder, and long, the nights become longer, and she makes it hard for things to grow until the return of Persephone at the spring equinox. So you can see that it's really similar um, between the stories of Wicca and the goddess and Greek mythology, Persephone and Demeter. Persephone and Demeter, it's one of my favorite myths. Um, not sure why, <laughs> but I always feel sort of a relationship, um, or like a, I don't know what the word is, um, I always feel like I can relate to Persephone in some way. Don't know why, but, you know, hey, things happen. So there are... I feel like everybody talks about the associations with blah 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 in in all of these episodes that I find, um, but they're they're good to know. So I'm gonna talk about them anyways. <laughs> uh, I guess the reason you could talk about the associations is because it really gives you a, a foundation for how to celebrate the Sabbath, since if you are Wiccan you, if you're not in a coven, you don't really have a foundation for how the Sabbaths should be celebrated. You really are either learning as you go or building your own celebration. Um, and it's nice for those of us who are sort of on the fence about Wicca or who want to celebrate the Sabbaths but have a different faith. Um, so the associations for the autumn equinox really are going to be along the lines of balance and harmony, um, keeping, keeping the balance day and night, good and bad, whatever else, you know. Um, it's also, it's also been called the witch's Thanksgiving and that makes sense because historically um, the autumn equinox was celebrated as the second harvest festival so you would want to give thanks for the bounty and the fruit of your harvest and um, give thanks to the land for really sustaining you basically um, the land is where you get your food the land is where you graze your your animals and your livestock uh, so the land really sustains life, and since this would be the second harvest festival, it's a really good time to give thanks and be grateful for grateful for the things that the land is able to provide for you with your help and your work, of course. Um, and since it is a harvest festival, obviously harvesting is going to be another association, and then. Obviously, the um, the life cycle, life, death, rebirth, that sort of thing. Uh, now, I want to talk about these associations for a little bit because 
not not all of us grow our own food, right? So harvesting and giving thanks to the land and really being grateful for the seeds that you have sown that have blossomed into a bountiful harvest. That can be something that's hard to relate to, especially if you live in a city. Um, so if you live in a city, I challenge you to find out where your food comes from. You know, when you go to the grocery store, a lot of the produce on it will have a sticker that says like product of Mexico or product of Brazil or you know wherever the produce is grown. Uh, I challenge you to find that out. Uh, if you eat any sort of beef or animal products um, or meat at all, I challenge you to find out where that comes from and in a sense give thanks to that land and those people and you know all the people that helped bring that food to you. So I mean growing up my dad was a truck driver. He's still a truck driver but he doesn't do long haul anymore. Um, but I know that in order for those strawberries to get from Santa Maria, California all the way to me up here in Oregon, there are people that grow the strawberries, there are the people that pick the strawberries, there are the people who pack the strawberries, there are the people who load the strawberries onto the truck, then you have the truck driver who drives all the way from, you know, hundreds and thousands of miles to deliver strawberries to my grocery store's distribution center. Then you have the distribution center that takes it to the grocery store and then the the employees in the grocery store, they get it out and then I go and buy it. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of steps for me to get strawberries from Santa Maria because that's where some of the strawberries come from um, in my area to get to me here in Oregon. So I challenge you to think about where your food comes from. Give thanks to those people and to the land that grew your food during the season if you live in a city and you don't grow your own food. I grow some of my own food. Um, we're really working on it since we moved into this house in February. It's been a challenge, um, especially since I'm used to the growing seasons in California. Things are really different here in Oregon, you know, the terrain is different, the climate is different, the seasons are different, so some of the growing seasons are very short, um, and some of them are very long. So that's been a challenge, we're getting used to that here since we now have the space to grow our own food, but... I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know. Um, oh, so for me, I would be giving thanks to the land here that helps to grow the food that I do eat, that I grow myself, as well as to all of the people and all of the steps and all of the land that it takes to get the food from the grocery store that I buy there. If you're looking for ways to really celebrate the autumn equinox, obviously since it's a harvest festival, one of the main things that you can do, since us witches, you know, we like to party, um, have a feast. Have a, have a little Thanksgiving. Um, obviously it's going to be different than your typical American Thanksgiving. Um, I find it to be more spiritual if you celebrate it on the Sabbath instead of the actual Thanksgiving because that's very capitalistic. Anyways, 
different topic for a different day. Um, have a feast with food that you've grown, if you've grown it. Um, if not, try to find out what is in season in your area um, and eat that. Obviously, things like bread, grains, meats, uh, apples. Typically, this is going to be the time when apples are harvested, so if you have an abundance of apples, um, figure out something you can make. Apple cobbler, apple pie, apple sauce, all of the apples, because the you know, apples are just good for you anyway. Um, something else that you can do is to really help restore the balance in, in the area that you live. Now, obviously, it's not going to be anything drastic, not typically, but I'm pretty sure if you look around really close, you can find some things in your area that are out of balance or out of whack. Uh, so the one thing that comes to my mind in this is to go around to a local park or walk up and down your neighborhood and pick up any trash that you see and throw it away. Uh, do your part to recycle anything that can be recycled and just take away some of that stuff that doesn't belong in nature. Really help restore the balance of nature. And if all of us did this, I mean, just even one day, could you imagine how much trash we could pick up and get rid of? Especially if you live in a city. I mean, I don't live in a city anymore, but I grew up in a city just about an almost two hours away from Los Angeles in California. So I know, I know how much trash can accumulate on a city street if nobody picks it up. Some other things that you can do to really help practice gratitude is, you know, volunteer at a food bank, um, volunteer at a soup kitchen, help feed the homeless, um, anything along those lines. It really helps you practice gratitude and being grateful for what you have and seeing how much you might take it for granted when you are confronted with those that don't have what you have. And if you want to celebrate with a ritual, um, I've written sort of a groundwork or a, a framework for a ritual, and this is how I go about creating my rituals. I don't typically like to do sort of pre-made rituals where I'm reading it out of a book and somebody else has written it. Their intentions are not my intentions, their feelings are not my feelings. Um, so I'll go over it briefly, but I'm going to turn it into a printable, um, sort of like a, a worksheet, essentially, that you can find on my website. So head over to my website, uh, roundthecauldron.com, and click on the link in the sidebar that says freebies. You should find it there. If it's not there, give me a couple more days. Uh, I'll announce on social media when I have that ready, and um, I will put a link down below in the description for that as well. But um, it's a very simple framework, so essentially you're going to want to gather your tools. Depending on your tradition, your tools are going to vary. These can be things like your athame, a boleen, or any other knife if you don't use your athame to cut physical items. Um, your candles, a cauldron, a chalice, you know, whatever it is that you typically use for your rituals, you're going to want to gather those before you cast your circle, if you cast a circle. 
once you have all your tools together, then you're going to want to cast your circle. If you cast a circle, casting a circle is not necessary, and it's going to depend on your tradition. So cast your circle, call in the quarters, invite in any guests, either physical or spiritual, that you would like to come into your circle. Then once your circle is cast, you're going to hold your ritual. So this can be um, honoring the passing of the seasons by giving back to the earth. It could be a ritual for giving thanks for the bounty and the harvest that you have during this time of the year. Um, that can be either a physical harvest or a spiritual one. Um, and then if you're going to do any spell work during this ritual, this is a good time for anything relating to prosperity, protection, and restoring the balance. So once your ritual and your spell work are complete, then is the time to thank your guests for coming, if you invited any, um, and then close your circle. And then after you close your circle, it's really good to hold your feast or just eat a little bit of something, something yummy um, so that you can restore that balance within yourself. Holding ritual and doing spell work can take a lot of energy out of you and you don't really want to deplete yourself. So let me know in the, um, like in the comments below, uh, or send me an email if you celebrate the autumn equinox any different. And until next time, everyone, bye.